Welcome to the Wild and Well podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Hilary Clare, a clinical psychologist, holistic parenting mentor with a focus on nutrition and environmental medicine, a yogi, author, and mom of two wild boys. Here, we will delve into the big and the little things that move the needle for children's health and mental wellness in a modern world that doesn't always make it easy to do so. Together, we can nurture resilient kids, vibrant mothers, and a brighter future for the planet and the next generation. Let's get into it. In today's episode, I had the honor of talking with the incredible Dr. Carrie Rigoni. We chatted all about how we can support our nervous system and our children's nervous system to be healthy and regulated. So Dr. Carrie Rigoni is a chiropractor who works with moms and babies to optimize their baby's brain development and set them up for lifelong health. She loves talking all about the vagus nerve and all the factors that can influence brain development. She has a busy practice in Perth, Western Australia, and is passionate about optimizing the vagus nerve and setting our next generation up not only for healthy, thriving bodies, but brains, immune systems, and stress resilience too. Dr. Carey offers a group coaching program for mothers and babies, along with a number of other resources that you can get at her website. So enjoy the podcast, and I hope that you can take some things away from this to apply to your nervous system to help you be more regulated and flexible. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm so excited to talk to you all about the vagus nerve and how we can support our little ones' nervous systems and our own so we can just be healthier and happier and calmer. And I think it is such a big part of our health journey that is really, really missing. So very excited to talk to you about this today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So before we begin, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Yeah, so I am um, by trade, I'm a chiropractor. Um, I'm quite an out out of the box chiropractor, you could say. And what I mostly do in practice is work with mums and children on um, their vagal tone, which we will cover what that means if you're not sure yet. Um, So working with um, parents to... Um, help upregulate their child's vagal tone, which can really change the whole dynamic of a family. Um, and then working with the mum as well, as we know that mums and kids are so connected. Uh, so, um, yeah, kind of just like working with families to improve their dynamic and their health through vagal tone. Amazing. So, yeah, I'm just utterly fascinated by the nervous system and once I heard you speak a few years ago about the vagus nerve and I just thought this is the missing piece and as a psychologist I do think it is an integral part that we don't necessarily get trained in or think about when we use talk therapy and in psychology we do focus on health overall like sleep hygiene and how the impact of exercise has on um, mood and various things but we don't get into the vagus nerve. So I think it is so important. So can you tell us a little bit about what the vagus nerve is, why it's important, and just the basics of 
our nervous system. Mm. Um, yes, I completely agree. I feel like it is the missing link. And when I discovered it for my own health and it made such a big difference, then I was like, okay, I need to know everything I can about the vagus nerve. And so, yes, that's how I, that's how I came to specialize in it. And um, I'm particularly interested in how it works in kids because then if they have a healthy nervous system, they, you know, we're optimizing a period of rapid growth and development. So, um, you know, my passion is, well, I guess my mission is to prevent all of these chronic diseases that are happening in children that are actually stress or nervous system regulation driven um, at the root of it. So um, the vagus nerve is the largest cranial nerve in the body kind of like at the base of your brain um, and it drops down through your neck. So the vagus nerve runs through the front of your neck, um, under your collarbones, through your chest and your thorax, all the way through your digestive system, all the way down basically to your pelvic floor. And it's called vagus, which in Latin means the wandering nerve because it literally has these little projections like a, an octopus with many more than eight legs all through the whole body. Um, and so it kind of is really connected to our entire internal organs. Um, now it controls a lot of our automatic processes that we're just not, we don't even have to think about, you know, our breathing, our heart rate, our blood pressure, um, how quickly food moves through our digestive tract and how our, um, our gut muscles actually contract um, as it's pushing um, matter through our bowels. Um, all of these things that happen behind the scenes and um, that's sort of like a top-down process, you know, the brain through the vagus nerve says, hey body, we're gonna do this. But then a really big part of the vagus nerve is um, a bottom-up process. So this is where the vagus nerve is sensing what is happening in our organs, in our body, and actually in our external environment as well. And feeds that up to the brain and says hey brain you're safe or hey brain I feel like there's something threatening happening in in your environment and um, you need to kind of stay on edge or be hyper vigilant so the vagus nerve has a really big role to play in I guess what I call the baseline or the set point of our nervous system where it hovers day by day because it's subconsciously sending these messages to the threat centers of our brain to tell us whether we should be safe or whether our nervous system does need to stay on edge. So kind of creates that, um, yeah, that baseline that we um, live by and the lens that we see the world in um, and how we respond to stress. And then, you know, the, the final part of the vagus nerve is it has the ability to pull us out of the stress response once it's been activated. So a strong, healthy vagus nerve will um, allow stress to happen when it's needed because stress is actually not the enemy. We need stress and we need our sympathetic nervous system to activate in times of stress but really we're designed for it, us to be able to drop out of that stress response as quickly as we get in and to re-regulate our nervous system and get back into that parasympathetic, that rest and digest part of our nervous system. So a strong, healthy vagus nerve um, with high vagal tone will be able to do that really quickly. So say like, you know, 
you're run, you're late for work or you're you're late for the bus and you can see it up ahead and you're running really fast you kind of want to activate the stress response and then once you get on the bus and you sit down you want to your nervous system should be like oh, okay well that's done you know um i can pull back out of that stress response i don't need to be activated anymore but if your vagus nerve is not working optimally then you might actually be stuck in that stress response so you know um, one of the questions I ask my patients a lot is, well, if you have one stressor in your day, does that then ruin your day? Do you feel like the rest of your day is kind of you're stuck in this like, oh, why is everything so bad and all of this? And that's because your vagus nerve hasn't been able to pull you out. So you're kind of stuck in that hypervigilant um, state and your nervous system, its its lens of looking at the world is looking for things that can go wrong and be a threat to your well-being as opposed to coming back into that social engagement I'm calm I'm going to be you know I'm happy until water off a duck's back kind of thing wow so why do you think that bagel issues are so common now that we it seems like everybody kids and adults alike have nervous system dysregulation why is that happening now um, the two biggest things that impact vagal, um, vagal activation or the ability for your vagus nerve to work are um, how much inflammation is in your body, no matter where that comes from, and how much um, stress or high cortisol stress hormone we have in our body. So I think in this day and age, it's becoming more and more of an issue because we are bombarded, you know, even from a sensory point of view, we drive down the the freeway and there's billboards that are flashing advertisements, like our nervous system is just like very much bombarded beyond our control. And if we're not aware of how that makes our nervous system feel, all these things just like put us up just a notch. And then something else puts us up just another notch, you know, and it just goes up and up before. Um, and then our baseline has shifted and we, we've not really been aware of the shift because it's been so subtle over time. So unfortunately, I think it's, um, yeah, really common because it's just a sign of the times. <laughs> it's just the modern day life, rush, 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 um, high stress jobs, we're always busy. We're trying to pack everything we can, you know, like busy moms trying to juggle work and kids and extracurricular activities and, you know, maybe study like you and I <laughs> would, well, you know, well, at least for me, that's something that fills my cup. So I'm always trying to fit that into my schedule um, <clears> or, <throat> you know, all of these things. And then on top of that, we're eating a more inflammatory diet. We're going for convenience food where um, our microbiome may be a little bit more off because we've had a lot more antibiotics in our lifetime. You know, there's internal body inflammation for whatever reason, and there's, you know, a myriad of reasons um, <clears throat> versus external stressful cues. Yeah. So there's a lot that we're bombarded by and it seems really <laughs> challenging to shift that. But if we can at least focus on being intentional with our lifestyles and slowing things down that can help in one respect, but then also if we can actively and intentionally work on strengthening our vagal tone and allowing that parasympathetic nervous system to come on board once in a while can really help balance things out. Is that correct? 
Yeah, so what I find when you're working with the vagus nerve is it is bi-directional. So you can um, remove all the stresses, as you say, like I think there's a real movement towards a slower motherhood and actually like really embracing how hard um, mums have had it and how this rush culture doesn't suit our nervous system. Um, you know, like slowing that down and allowing our, um, I guess, permission for us to just activate that parasympathetic. So we can do it from the external, but then, you know, doing it from the internal also in terms of actually how you um, stimulate your vagus nerve is going to, the stronger your vagus nerve is, the more it's going to tell the threat centers of your brain, hey, you're safe. So it's kind of coming at it from a bottom-up point of view and an outer-in point of view. So that'd be the most effective way to deal with it from both ways, I would imagine. Absolutely, yeah. And how can we identify if our own vagus nerve isn't functioning optimally? Um, I think for a lot of people, you know, because the vagus nerve connects to so many organs, you can have... Um, you know, like everyone can present with different symptoms. So it's never very clear cut, but I would say a really big one is how you respond to a stressor. So if you, um, if you do have a stressful moment, you know, maybe the kids are really, you know, resistant to going to school and the school rush is really getting to you. If that ruins the rest of your day, or you feel like, um, you know, your heart's racing and you really feel like you're in that stress response for longer than is warranted, then that is a really surefire sign that your vagus nerve is not kicking in to allow you to regulate. Now, there's things you can absolutely do after a stressor happens to then be able to do that. But just as a baseline, if that's how your, your nervous system is working, that's probably the biggest sign. And then Oh, you know, flowing over from that is, you know, it, the vagus nerve is the largest anti-inflammatory um, influencer of the body. So if you're chronically inflamed for no reason or you're chronically fatigued or um, you just can't seem to figure out why your body is the way it is, maybe you just feel really depleted or um, you snap at your kids too much and you don't want to and you're trying consciously not to but it's an automatic process that just comes out of your mouth before you can even control it um you know all of these things are just the biggest nerve isn't working optimally right so what are some of the things that we can do if we notice that we are like ticking some of those boxes what can adults do to help support their nervous system and strengthen their vagus nerve? What I would encourage you to do is take a close look at what could be happening internally. So a lot of people will start focusing on say meditation and gargling. And, you know, we've all read the blog posts about gargling, helping vagal tone, or maybe, um, you know, cold water immersion, cold showers, or just like um, you know, splashing cold water on your face and all of that stuff does help. But the thing that I do in practice and the thing that um, I guess sets me apart when I'm working with the vagus nerve is that I, my question is always, why is it like this? Is this just a, a stress problem and a regulation problem? Have you not been ever taught how to regulate your nervous system? Or 
is there something happening in your gut or are you nutritionally depleted because you're grown a couple of babies and breastfed them and they've just stolen every last nutrient that you have, you know, like figuring out what is driving the vagus nerve to shut down because the nervous system can't tell the difference between an external threat and an internal threat. By the time your vagus nerve has gone, there's a threat that goes straight into the threat centers of the brain. And these areas of the brain work much faster than our rational brain can. So it, it fires up our nervous system before we have the time to think about it. So we really need to get to the root of why the vagus nerve can't function properly and why it's detecting a threat in the first place. Now that could be something inside your body, such as the nutrient depletion or gut inflammation or, um, you know, a simple sleep deprivation, or um, it could be something external in which you can help it regulate more. So I think the, the biggest missing link that I see when people are working with the vagus nerve is they're not going deep enough to find the root cause of why it's why it's not working so you know a lot of mums who come in will say well I you know I do yoga and I eat perfectly and I you know I'm doing all the things and it feels like so much hard work just to stay afloat but the moment you stop doing it then your nervous system collapses again so you know that there's something in there that and you know that's my job to find that is there's something going on in there that is throwing the system off balance and it doesn't matter what you do around that. You could gargle all day, every day. You could go live on a tropical island and be weighted on hand and foot and have no stress ever. Um, and your vagus nerve would still be driving this stress response. So um, I know that's not a specific <laughs> answer. And, you know, a lot of people will be like, well, I don't know what it is, but um, you, you need to get to the root. The, like the real trigger of why your vagus nerve is acting the way that it's acting. Yeah. And I think that is so important and it would be lovely if it was just like, just gargle every day for a few minutes <laughs> and you're set. But realistically, most things aren't like that, are they? Those things can help mm. support it and can help you in those moments, but it's not the cure-all, is it? We have to dig no. deeper for most things. Yeah. So what about in children? What does a dysregulated nervous system look like or a child that has poor vagal tone? Mm. Um, the vagus nerve has a lot to um, a lot to do with the functions of a newborn. Um, so you think in terms of um, how often they cry, um, how often they release their bowels, um, whether they can have a good strong latch or whether you've struggled with breastfeeding and the vagus nerve has a role to play in how they their jaw moves how they latch how they suck how they swallow so you know babies who maybe have um, like they seem to feed okay but they gag and choke at the breast all the time um, and the other really big one in small children is the level of safety cues that they need from their caregiver. So um, a baby with low vagal tone or I guess um, like a high need for external safety cues will really have one specific caregiver that 
they always want, they won't really want anyone else, even if they're, you know, familiar like grandmas or whatever, they just really want their one caregiver. Um, if they go into a room and there's a lot of people, even if they know them, they'll cling, you know, like sort of the label of koala babies or, um, you know, the irritable babies that just really need that mum to give them, usually it's mum, to give them the external safety because their internal systems are not giving their brain enough input to say, hey, you're actually safe with these people, you know, Um, or you're safe to fall asleep. (laughs) The kids who need to be held to sleep um, and constantly touched and cuddled and have a specific routine and you can't stray from that. Change is scary. You know, these kids that just don't have that, I guess, flexibility um, often have a vagal contributor to their behaviour. When you move into older children, school-aged children, the the most common one that I see is um, just complete emotional dysregulation. So um, because the vagus nerve connects with the threat centres very rapidly and then the threat centres of the brain kind of go through this processing and try and quickly um, and rapidly pattern match so they try and match it with a past thing so they know how to respond um so like a past experience and they'll go okay well this is how I've responded in the past to that kind of thing so that's how I'm going to continue because that's kept me safe they don't have the higher center yet I mean they they're starting to activate their prefrontal cortex which is where we um, have our rational thought and our um you know slower processing speed by the time it gets up there it's it's, they're too far gone and the more activated their stress response is the more that um, logical part of the brain gets inhibited so these mums come and say look I I know emotions are normal in my child I'm not trying to stop all the negative emotions but their response is excessive so it's either too big of a response or it's too frequent or it's they can't shut they can't regulate after so they may need a lot of co-regulation after and again that's not to say I'm not against co-regulation it's a really powerful way to support your child's vagal tone is to have a healthy vagal tone yourself and to co-regulate with them but mums kind of (laughs) know you know they know when their child's response is Um, there's there's potentially something simmering under the surface and you know or maybe they've they've always got this undercurrent of of hypervigilance and it doesn't take much to set them off as opposed to kind of having that more flexibility where they can go oh yeah like well that's annoying but I'm not going to you know overreact about that these kids haven't got the break anymore in their system they're just like quite explosive Yeah. And I think you're right. Like moms, they know, right. There's that mother's intuition that we can push to the side and always go to experts or Google for answers. But I think if we can connect with what our body is telling us about our children, we should listen to that. And often it does guide us to something that really is Mm. meaningful. So when you talk about the co-regulation, can you tell me a little bit about what you suggest is helpful in a, in a way to help our children, whether they 
um, are quite heightened or just in general, because like you say, it's a really useful skill for all of, all of our kids. Yeah, so we have these neurons in our um, nervous system called mirror neurons, and our vagus nerve is also picking up um, external cues of safety from things like our facial expression, our tone of voice, um, our body language, all these things that we probably don't, you know, we don't even really think about um, the, the tone that we're using or whatever. So it just happens under the surface. So they can really pick up on what our nervous system is doing. So getting the mum able to activate some kind of vagal regulation, even if it's just for one minute, because it's actually a lot harder than it seems, despite it like sound, the description sounds really easy. Like the, the way I guide people through, it sounds really easy, but it can be really hard to sustain, particularly if you've spent your whole life um, with low vagal tone or with high stress in your body without note, without realizing, you know, and I think a lot of us mums have just because of the culture of our generation and the parenting style and the teaching style and all of the things that we were kind of exposed to as normal in our nervous system, that's kind of branded us in a certain way. So our response is dependent on kind of the lead up to, to now. Um, so it can be really difficult for a mum to shift that. So, um, but what I generally say is just, there's, there's two ways to do it. There's in the moment, a shift and a reset. So that would be when your child is already really dysregulated and you want to help regulate them. So the more you regulate yourself in that moment, the more their mirror neurons and their vagus nerve pick up on that and go, oh, I want some of that. <laughs> that looks good. And it's not going to be like a light switch, but it's going to guide their nervous system to calm down. And then on the other hand, you've got preparing. So what you do day to day is going to help prepare their nervous system for when they do have a meltdown or a big emotion or whatever. So doing little things like... Um, for, you know definitely working on your own regulation for sure but you know finding things to be grateful for or just like stopping and smell the roses or you know like when you're with a toddler and they I just like always picture my son when he was a toddler looking up at the sky when there's an airplane it was like the best thing ever like you know it's like actually stopping in that moment with your child and returning reciprocating that moment of connection that they're looking for because that's going to tell their nervous system hey you know you're safe that's a moment of connection and that's what the vagus nerve is really powerful um, at doing is creating that social connection so rather than you know your your toddler pointing at an airplane and you going yeah 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 or like not even looking or not even really looking them in the eye maybe you're really sleep deprived and you just really don't even want to be outside. And or maybe you're like mindlessly scrolling through your phone, trying to escape because you're so bored. Like whatever it is, that's, that's what sends the messages subconsciously to your child's vagus nerve. So taking a moment to connect with them when they're reaching out for that connection, um, 30 seconds is all it takes, but they start to accumulate and when they accumulate, then the safer your child feels, the stronger their vagus nerve is going to be. Yes. Yeah. So there's things we can do in the moment, but so much of the work is 
between those heightened emotional moments, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what else can we do as parents if we notice that our babies or our children are quite dysregulated? Like, I love this um, co-regulation that you talk about. What are some other things that we can do to support our kids? Mm. Um, Big things that tell a child's Um, inner body that it's safe so you know we talk about stress from external which would be co-regulation talking about stress from internal really big things that impact the safety of the nervous system are how well your child moves so you know I'm a real advocate chiropractic because you know well I am one but I can see the power of optimal movement in children and how that alone can shift their nervous system. So, you know, sometimes it can be as simple as having them adjusted a few times and having their body working the way that it's supposed to. The brain loves symmetry of movement. It feels really safe. So if you've got one side that's not giving the same level of input to the other side, then what you end up with is a discrepancy in the brain and the brain's like, well, which side's right? Which side's safe? I don't really know. This feels a bit unsafe. So I'm just going to, you know, plonk a red red flag on that one and say the brain, every time the body moves, then the brain's going, hey, that doesn't feel really fully safe, you know? And it might not be really overt, but it's just like one of those little layers that add. And we want to remove those layers. And the other really big things are, um, you know, mostly gut stuff. Um, And, you know, this is why I have a naturopath on my team who focuses on the gut because it's so powerful. But um, whether it's, you know, a lifetime of antibiotic use for, you know, whatever reason um, or like poor nutrition, again, maybe they've gone through a phase where, They have been really picky eating um, and, you know, if they're having trouble with textures and swallowing different food, how it feels in their mouth, that can also be a sign of vagal issues. So they kind of like can feed into each other as well. Um, But really getting your child's biochemistry right. So their gut microbiome, their nutrient levels as much as possible is going to really help the level of inflammation on their vagus nerve, the level of threat that their vagus nerve is picking up um, because there's so many connections through the gut, through the gut immune system. Um, And it's just going to, if there is an issue in there, again, it's just going to add another layer. So you'll be able to co-regulate your child to a point, but if you don't sort these other things out, what you'll find is that it's just like, that constant battle like you can never quite get them over the hump you're doing all the right things from an external point of view and you're working on your own regulation and you're like got this down but you still just can't get them over the hump that's when usually yeah there's something biochemical or movement related happening in their body yeah right and what about for babies is it similar or that we check in with what's happening in their gut and allow them to move like nature intended them to, or is there other, other things we can do to help support them? Um, the other thing that's really powerful for babies is that really, you know, I think that first, um, that fourth trimester in particular is really powerful for um, creating a safe space. So they very much need their mother 
in that time and creating a space where um, mums feel safe or able to process what happened in the birth if it didn't go to plan and the mums are really taken care of and the only thing the mum has to worry about is the baby really can set a baby up for strong vagal tone because that increases the amount of connection that they're having with their safety caregiver. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I know you may have a skewed vision of how many kids have vagal tone issues because you see the ones that have, um, you know, a weaker vagal tone and they're the ones that come Mm. to you. But what do you think in general, like how, how prevalent is it that kids need support with this? You know, (laughs) yeah. In my clinic, I've had two children in my whole career who have not had a problem (laughs) with their vagus nerve. And the reason that these children ended up in my clinic is because I'd been seeing the mums for vagus nerve stuff and they just knew the power of it and they wanted to make sure their child was, um, their vagus nerve worked well. So, um, In that sense, yeah, I do have a very biased lens. Um, I would like to touch on research that there's not much research when it comes to vagal tone in babies, um, but there is some research. um, And the two that I often flag are, number one, when um, the measured pregnant mum's levels of cortisol, and then they measured the baby's stress responses postpartum up only up to 12 weeks of age and what they found is that higher levels of cortisol in a pregnant woman leads to higher levels of stress behaviors in a newborn so I think that given how stressed we are as mums I think a lot of babies do have some form of stress in their nervous system. Now that may not always be low vagal tone. There's, you know, there's so much gray. I know we haven't really talked about the autonomic ladder, but you know, it's kind of like a ladder and there are so many rungs to it up and down. There's so much gray, almost like after a little while, their nervous system feels safe enough and they're generally okay enough that they regulate themselves and create their new baseline. But I do think there's a lot of kids out there who kind of have that baseline of just slightly more hypervigilance and maybe not complete dysregulation like I see a lot in my clinic, but just like a little bit more on edge than their nervous system could be. And it could be so subtle that nobody can even notice it, you know, particularly if their environment is also on that same baseline. It's just normal. And it just, you know, like, like father, like son, or, you know, like it's just like a... I, they, they don't realize that there's something that could really be done about it. So that's, yeah, that's kind of the first study. And the second study um, is from the Gottman Institute where they looked at relationship stress during pregnancy and how that impacted a baby's vagal tone. Um, and what they found is that big relationship stresses, particularly in the third trimester of pregnancy, 
what that did was create such a spike in cortisol. And if the mum feels unsafe because she's in a vulnerable position where she's going to give birth soon and if her relationship is really tumultuous and they're having big arguments, then that's going to create not just a momentary stressor but also, um, you know, like am I going to be safe during this vulnerable time? Like is this person going to be around when I give birth? Like it can be quite a stressful time for the nervous system. So what they found is that third trimester then again they measured at 12 weeks of age I'm pretty sure um, it was and they found that these babies tend to have higher stress responses so more activated again so we're just finding a lot of evidence that how the mom experiences life during pregnancy can influence how the baby kind of comes out and sees the world as either threatening or safe in the first place. Um, so I think it's really, you know, if you're pregnant now or you're in preconception, just like getting your vagus nerve in order and, you know, I, you know, life happens, stress happens, we can't avoid it all, but learning how you deal with the stress response and being able to regulate yourself is going to do wonders for your baby from the moment they're born. And it just means, in my opinion, that there's going to be less work to do when they're, when they're earthside. Um, yeah. Yeah. I imagine the earlier we start with this type of work and almost in any type of work, the easier it is, right? Because you can make those smaller changes earlier on rather than after half a lifetime trying to bring you know the nervous system back into balance it could be mm -hmm. a lot harder so yeah I think if we can start in pregnancy that is so so key and in parenting in general I think there's so much advice out there about how to help our kids but you just reminded me there yet again that we have to start with ourselves whether it's in pregnancy work on regulating ourselves getting ourselves healthy reducing stresses where we can. And the more that we can support ourselves to be healthy and the best versions of ourselves, the easier it is on our children as well, right? And we model mm. our behavior to them and they see how we um, react and respond to our emotions and theirs. And it just, it just makes it easier if we take care of ourselves. So one of my big messages in my work is that we have to really take care of ourselves first and alongside our family rather than leave ourselves to the bottom of our to-do list because mm -hmm. that's just not helpful at all and it's not helpful for the people that we're trying to be there for and care for which most often are our children so thank you yeah. for yeah reinforcing that point <laughs> so what are a few things that parents could do as a takeaway to help themselves and their kids start to just feel a little bit safer, feel a little bit calmer and get their um, nervous system back in a mm. bit more balance. I think, um, you know, a big thing that I try and work through with patients is just self-awareness, just stopping. Firstly, I think it's important to work out where your baseline is. So, do you, can you activate your vagus nerve at all? Or do you hover in that sympathetic fight or flight majority of the time? And the only time you activate your, your vagus is when you meditate for three hours, <laughs> you know, whatever, um, after a massage. Like you really have to work hard to activate your vagus. 
where your baseline sits really determines how you view the world and how you respond to the world. So if you don't know where your baseline is, then that is the place to start. And the way to do that is just start monitoring how you how you feel in any moment. Like, you know, oh, you know, I'm having some road rage rather than it being like something that you embody, being like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm having some road rage and I wonder what's that about. Like, you know, is it warranted or not? Or am I having a large reaction or how am I feeling that in my body? But just learning how your nervous system is currently experiencing life um, is really powerful because you don't know what to change if you don't know how you're responding. And then you can do the same thing for your kids. Um, and this is something that I go through in my group coaching um, in quite, quite a lot of detail is working out where our baseline is and then working out where at each of our children's baselines are because they could be completely different. And so you might have to parent in completely different ways to foster co-regulation or connection or, you know, whatever that is. But again, if you don't know what you're working with, you can't work with it properly. So that's probably like my number one takeaway. And I know that's like quite, it, it's hard work. <laughs> it's not as easy as um, gargling, that's for sure. But it's, it's where the power is. Yeah. 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 And I think that's such a key step in so many aspects of our health and well-being is we have to have that self-awareness of where we're starting and what's happening for us before we can then know what the appropriate step is for us or for our child. So mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's so, so key. And then once we start there, we can start to learn about what we can implement for our unique situation. Yeah, absolutely. So is, was there anything that you wanted to share here that I didn't ask you about? Um, I guess the one thing that I didn't mention, um, which might just help people particularly mums, if you're looking at how you respond, you know, say your kids are really grinding your gears and you're getting really frustrated and your automatic response is to snap. Um, or maybe you've tried so hard to spend 20 minutes a day in meditation and you just feel like you feel worse after. Maybe it increases some anxiety or restlessness in your nervous system. Um, or, you know, it feels good in the moment, but then afterwards you don't feel good. Like the moment you leave meditation, you kind of go back to your automatic responses. Um, I think it's really important to know that our nervous system above all else loves familiar. So if your baseline is in fight or flight, and maybe it's been like that since you were a child, then trying to get a fight or flight nervous system to start meditating can feel really unsafe and it can feel awful. And your nervous system might be like, hey, why are you doing that? I'm trying to fight something right now. You know, I need to be on edge and you're trying to force me to relax. Like what's going on? So it can be this internal struggle that can feel really crap um, and it can aggravate fight or flight because the more you push it the more your nervous system is like no like stop it 
I'm going to go back to what I know. Um, and I think, you know, that's the same with how we respond to our kids. Oftentimes, you know, when <laughs> something comes out of our mouth and we're like, oh my God, I sounded like my mother then. And it's like, well, yeah, because that's the familiar, that's the automatic response. It is familiar to our nervous system to respond in that way. And when you're practicing self-awareness, you might start to notice how frequently that occurs and maybe you're acting in a way that you don't want to react but it's not actually about what's happening in the moment it's about um my nervous system is going back to what it knows or my nervous system is just following familiar and the harder your nervous system fights you then the deeper like the more deeply ingrained these behaviors these automatic behaviors are and so you need to give yourself that grace time to be like, oh, yeah, so, um, you know, I've, I've just reacted again the way that I didn't want to, you know, like just acknowledge it rather than shame yourself or guilt yourself into, oh, I'm such a bad mum. Oh, why do I do this all the time? Why can't I, you know, whatever. Can't I be like the Instagram mums who, you know, <laughs> peacefully respond to their children? Um, whatever, whatever talk you have about your response, um, I just want to yeah, highlight that it's all about familiarity. And if, if things feel really hard, that's because your nervous system feels really safe in a, you know, a tiny, you know, if, if you think of that whole ladder of the autonomic nervous system and how we respond to stress, then maybe you only feel safe on one rung of the ladder. And the goal is then to help your nervous system feel safe on maybe two rungs or three rungs and then slowly increase that flexibility without the judgment that comes from um oh this is you know this is just me this is how I am and you know yeah as I say that inner talk that inner critic can kind of take over yeah and just makes you more stressed out and feel worse and I find it can be really helpful if this happens in parenting to voice that to your your children and say oh that's not how I wanted to re respond to you there and you could say in this respect, like my, my nervous system, like got hijacked there. And this is how I normally respond, but I'm working on trying to regulate that more. And I'm sorry that I responded that way. So I find it can be really helpful to not only do that self-talk internally, but actually vocalize it. And mm. hopefully it helps our kids too. in that modeling. Yeah, absolutely. So do you recommend in that case that if people are finding the meditation really, really hard, like you said, would you suggest that they keep doing that and just bring that self-awareness to it and that self-compassion and that helpful self-talk to that as they go through that? Or would you suggest like shelving that for a while and working on other things in the meantime? What do you think is more beneficial? You know, um, this is probably a very polarizing thing because I know that, you know, I don't know the specific quote, but it's like, if, it, if you're feeling really anxious, then you need to do it for even longer. You know, the whole like philosophy of if, if it's not working, then you need to do more of it. Um, from a nervous system point of view and a safety point of view, if meditation or whatever act you're doing is making you feel worse or like you're having a heightened stress response, then I would shelve that. And I would say that that is too strong for your current nervous system state and I would once again you know if I'm working with someone in my practice I would be trying to figure out why that is the case like you know um, it can 
be described as like a nervous system rigidity. So if your nervous system doesn't have that flexibility and it's very rigidly staying in one one spot um, or one state, then working out why that is the case and um, slowly nudging the nervous system towards safety, you can't force it. You really have to be gentle with the nervous system. And sometimes that can take, you know, in a child, it might take five or six sessions in an adult that can take a lot longer because we've got so many more layers. But if something's making you feel worse, I would stop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish that you weren't over in Perth and you're over near me because I would definitely love to come (laughs) in and bring my kids in for some sessions. So can you tell us a little bit about um, how people can work with you and where they can find you online? Mm -hmm. So I um I work in person, so I have a home clinic and um, I choose to keep my clinic at home because um, my nervous system only has a certain capacity and I'm very aware of where my capacity stops. So I choose to keep my practice, um, I guess, somewhat small scale compared to other clinics on purpose. Um, So I work in Perth, WA, uh, and I see patients just a couple of days a week for the physical work so that may be work that I do to their body if they've got a movement issue or um, you know a gut issue we then move through vagal stimulation with particular tools Um, and I am heart math certified which means I train people in um, how to learning how to regulate their own vagus nerve and their own nervous system Um, So there's a lot of things that I can do in person. And then I also offer coaching online. So at the moment, I'm doing um, one-on-one coaching as well as a group coaching, which is specifically for mothers and children. Um, And that's working through all of the things that we've talked about, but, um, you know, in more detail and kind of giving you the space to really learn about yourself and your nervous system and your child's nervous system and what works in supporting their vagal tone and their nervous system um, response to life. So uh, I guess the easiest place to find me is Instagram. Uh, My Instagram handle is Dr. Carrie Rigoni. And um, my website is the same, drcarrierigoni.com.au. Great. Thank you. I think that's something that a lot of the listeners will be very keen to check out. (laughs) Thank you very much for coming on and talking about this really important topic. I think it yeah, like I start off saying, it is one of those missing links in our health and wellness for ourselves and our kids. So thank you for educating us on that and giving us some direction of where we can start to support our nervous system and our vagus nerve. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wild and Well podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and please share with like-minded mothers. A review wherever you listen to your podcast is greatly appreciated as it helps to get the show to even more mothers and families. Together we can nurture thriving kids, vibrant moms, and a brighter future for the next generation. Disclaimer, the information in this podcast is intended as educational in nature and is for informational purposes only. It is not personal health advice or indicative of a therapeutic relationship, and it should not be used to prevent, diagnose, or treat health problems. 
If any of the information in this podcast resonates with you, consult a qualified healthcare practitioner to discuss what works best for you in your unique situation.